Welcome to episode number 51 of More Than Bread. I'm Dan, your host, Bible reader, and scripture explainer. For the last eight episodes, we've been doing a deep dive into the Gospel of John. And in the last episode, we started on John 6. And this episode is a John 6 bonus. With two signs and one I am statement, there's simply too much to cover in John 6. In John 6 part 1, we focused on the miraculous sign of Jesus feeding the crowd of thousands, probably 10 to 15, maybe even 20,000 people with five barley loaves and a few small fish, sardine-like fish. And while Jesus was center stage, to be honest, it's difficult for me to imagine that story without taking my, putting my eyes on that young boy, the kid who went all in for everyone else's lunch. And, and tied to that sign was the first I am statement with Jesus saying, I'm the bread of heaven. I'm the bread of life come down from heaven. To the woman at the well, he was living water. To the crowd, he was the hungry crowd. He was the bread of life. And in both cases, he was saying, I am what you long for. I, I am what will satisfy the deepest desires of your heart. What you hunger for, what you thirst for, come to me. And as some of his disciples chose that moment to leave Jesus, Jesus asked the 12, his core team, do you also want to leave? And Peter answers, I, I love this, this this moment of conviction and, and almost consecration, Peter answers, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. In this episode, we're focusing on the storm story and the miraculous sign of Jesus' power over the storm. Now, I'm going to do something a little bit different this one time. There, there are actually two different storm stories in the Gospels. This storm story in John chapter 6 is found in two of the other Gospels, Matthew and Mark. And, and John, frankly, gives us the least amount of detail. So I'm going to read the storm story from John 6, the, the, the chapter we read in the last episode. But but then we're, we're going to head over to Matthew 14 to get the more full story of this miraculous sign. It, it's one of my favorite stories in all of the Gospels, and, and I love Matthew's version. So in John 6, verses 16 through 21, here's how John tells the story of this sign, Jesus' power over the storm. Here's what he says. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Now let me read the more full version, a little bit more exciting version in Matthew 14, starting with verse 30 22. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Here's what, how Matthew describes it. Immediately, this is after the, the, the feeding of the crowd, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Now, now here's what's taking place. If you know this from the context of Matthew 14, um, Jesus has gotten terrible news. He's had a bad stretch of, uh, of days. He, he just found out that John the Baptist has died. He, he's he's kind of struggling, I think. So he dismisses the crowd, verse 23, and he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat that he put the disciples in was already a considerable distance from the land. 
buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It's I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. This is where we get the phrase. I've used it many times before. My words, uh, the, the phrase, if, if you want to walk on the water, you got to get out of the boat. <laughs> if you want to walk on the water, you got to get out of the boat. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he saw the wind. He, I don't know if he saw it, but, but he took his eyes off of Jesus. He saw the wind, and he was afraid, and he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Oh, <coughs> you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When they crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. I bet you could tell me a good storm story or two. Storm stories are those times when life seems a bit out of control. They, they often include an element of fear or, or even desperation. Sometimes in the midst of our storm, we find ourselves asking God, why? Why am I going through this storm? It was late afternoon. Jesus and his friends had just finished supper with ten to 15,000 of their closest friends. As I tell the story, just try to put yourself there. Put yourself in, in the sandals of one of Jesus' followers. Immediately after supper, Jesus sent the crowds home and, and put the disciples in a boat headed towards the other side of the lake. By evening, John tells us, the disciples had rowed about three and a half miles. The lake was around four and a half miles wide, so they're about a mile from shore when this great storm reached out and touched them. Matthew says they were buffeted. The wind was against them. In the Greek, it, it, it's literally tormented. They were, they were tormented. And elsewhere in the Bible, that word... Uh, tormented, buffeted. It, it's used to describe demonic activity. It was like this was a storm that seemed to take on an evil life of its own and it was against them. This was a massive storm. And don't miss this truth. Being a follower of Jesus does not storm-proof our lives. Even Jesus went through some storms. If I asked you to share your storm story with me, what would you share? The last 15 months have seen some storm stories, haven't they? I've prayed for more families who have lost someone they loved, gone to, and done more funerals than any year I can remember. My, my friends in Myanmar going through a massive storm story. Maybe you would share a story of racial injustice or a story of the betrayal of a friend, financial uncertainty. <laughs> we would see that there are storms raging all around us. And while the disciples weathered their storm, Jesus was on a hill by himself praying. I mean, there were a few things that were more important to Jesus while on earth than being in the presence of his Father in prayer. And, and we could learn from that, right? I mean, Jesus needed to pray. 
Sometimes even though action is what we want, prayer is what we need. Sometimes intimacy with God is more important than rescue by God. Sometimes the most important thing in our lives is not getting to the other side. It's not getting out of the storm. Jesus was praying. Mark tells us that Jesus saw them rowing against this demonic storm. He saw them in the midst of this chaotic struggle for life, but he stayed and he prayed for quite a while. I mean, be honest, doesn't that just bother you a a little bit? I mean, don't we want God to respond immediately to our storms? We want God to respond immediately to our storms. We, We want a God who doesn't let us go through the storms. We don't want God to let us just sit there in the storm. I mean, put yourself in the boat. Can't can't you see them? Tossed back and forth, hanging on for dear life, rowing, yelling questions to the dark skies, in between haggard gasps, they cry, where is he? Has he forgotten us? He feeds thousands of strangers and then leaves us to die. The gospel say it's the fourth watch, sometime between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., just before dawn, the darkest part of the night. And think about this, by evening they were within a mile of shore, then for the better part of the night from evening till early morning, they'd been rowing, struggling alone, using every bit of their own resources just within sight of their goal, but never getting any closer. And Jesus is out for a stroll. He's walking on the water in the midst of the storm. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. I mean, first they're terrified by the storm. Are they going to go down? Are they going to make it? And now they're terrified by a a ghost. (laughs) But Jesus said, it's I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter yelled out, tell me to come to you on the water. Did you ever notice how storms can drive us from God or storms can draw us to God? But sometimes if you want to go to God, you have to leave your boat behind If you want to walk on the water, you might have to get out of your boat. (laughs) What's your boat? My boat is anything that represents safety and security apart from God himself. Your boat is the place you instinctively go to for refuge when the storms come. Our boat is what we trust in. Our boat is the the place we go to find comfort when we're in pain. It's our our comfort zone. My, My boat can be my bank account or a friend. It might be my ability or my perseverance or my self-help books. My boat might be a job I hate that pays the bills, a relationship with someone that you just know is wrong, but you're so afraid to be alone. Your boat might even be a church and when the storm comes we're thinking boat's not so great but it floats (laughs) and even though I'm not making any headway I've got oars even if it's an illusion at least with an oar in my hands I feel like I I have control over my life if I get out of my boat I'll have absolutely nothing whatsoever to depend on other than Jesus I was talking to someone a while back and I asked him to describe some of his best moments in his walk with God. He said that many of he said something that many of us would say if we're honest. He said, Some of my best moments have come in the midst of my hardest times. And well I, I look back over this last year as a pastor, as a leader in a church, I think and this has been one of the hardest ministry leadership years of my life, but it's been one of the best. Jesus comes walking on the water in the midst of the storm. And Peter says, Jesus, if it's really you, call call me out. Call me out into the water. And he did. (laughs) And Peter, oh my goodness, he got out of the boat. 
You know, I, I used to think this this was one of those bold, faith-filled requests on Peter's part, but but lately I thought, you know, maybe it was nothing but desperation. Peter's going down in the midst of the storm and he's looking for refuge. He's looking for refuge. He's looking for a rock in the midst of the storm and he finds Jesus and he's willing to leave his boat if he can just get to Jesus. And so he got out of the boat and he walked on the water. <laughs> and when they climbed back into the boat, the wind died down. And here's this moment. Imagine yourself there. The wind died down and then those, it says, those who were in the boat worshiped him saying truly you are the son of God can you place yourself in that moment you've been in the storm of your life and and there at the edge the very edge of the storm with the stars as your candles and the boat as your church you fall to your knees filled with wonder and worship and you know as often as I've thought about this story I've, I've thought you know I, th I think they would have done it again if Peter and his friends could go back and choose, I'm convinced that they would get into the same boat and ride through the same storm. Why? Because sometimes it takes a storm to draw us to Christ. Sometimes the more difficult the storm, the greater the wonder. You know, if, if the only important thing in the midst of a storm is getting to the other side and getting out of the storm, the likelihood is they would have missed this encounter that brought wonder and worship to their hearts and minds. You know, I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you've been going through the storm of a lifetime. You, you feel like you're, you're making no headway and everything's going against you, but you're not willing to leave your boat. You're not willing to leave whatever security you think you have. Maybe once upon a time you stepped out of the boat and started walking towards Christ, but something took your focus off him. And since then, you, you just felt like you're sinking. Maybe it's time to, to call out to Jesus and, and if he invites you to leave your boat behind, maybe it's time to follow. You know, if, if one of Jesus' followers had kept a journal, if you were one of Jesus' followers and you'd kept a journal, I, I wonder if the entry on the morning after the storm might have read something like this. I've never been so afraid of a storm. The way it shook the heavens, flashes of lightning mixed with solid darkness, gale winds, the way it rolled the sea, waves 10, 15 feet tall, crashing down on our boat. We knew boats. We knew the sea. We were fishermen, but, but I didn't think we would ever make it. We'd given our best for six hours, but at our best we were helpless and hopeless. And, and then in the midst of the storm, a light. At first, I, I, I couldn't make it out. Another boat tossed on the seas, no, it couldn't be too small. Perhaps a, a momentary reflection of the moon on the waves, closer, closer. A ghost, someone screamed, it's a ghost. Another flash of lightning, and for a moment I could see his face. His face, it was Jesus. Take courage, he said, it's, it's I, don't be afraid. The storm still raged, but his voice seemed close and then there was another voice Peter's Lord if it's really you command me to come to you on the water come Jesus invited and Peter oh my goodness Peter stepped over the side of the boat and as God is my witness he walked on the water not for long something happened he went on her boy did he yell and then Jesus reached out his hand lifted him up and they walked back together I have to be honest I wish now that I'd gotten out of the boat. 
Before I knew it, they were back. I'll never forget it. The moment he stepped into the boat, the wind stopped. The sea was like glass. The moon painted a strip of light from our boat to the horizon. And in an instant, my sight was as clear as the sky as I looked from the wide-eyed amazement of my friends' faces to the now calm water, to Peter, to Jesus, to Jesus, to Jesus. It was like I was seeing him for the first time, and I knew Oh, I had known his power, his character, his words of life, but now I knew that I knew that, that he was the one, that I was standing in a boat with the Son of God. And so I did the only thing I could do. With the stars as my candle, the boat as my church, I fell to my knees and I worshipped him. It took a storm for me to see him, but I saw him. And I will never be the same again. You know what? I think if offered the chance to do it all over again, they would have done it all over again. Not just the walking on water part, that was cool. But I'm not so sure that walking on water was the highlight. I'm not so sure I'd go through another storm just to walk on the water. It'd be like a Disney ride. After a few times, it becomes old hat. But I would go through a storm. And I would walk on the water if it led to a face-to-face -face encounter with a living God. Would you? Let me read it again from Matthew 14, from Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, the message. Here's what it says. As soon as the meal was finished, he insisted that the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the people. With the crowd dispersed, he climbed the mountain so he could be by himself and pray. He stayed there alone late into the night. Meanwhile, the boat was far out to sea when the wind came up against them, and they were battered by the waves. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water, and they were scared to death. A ghost, they said, crying out in terror. But Jesus was quick to comfort them. Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. Peter, suddenly bold, said, Master, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. He said, come ahead. Jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. But when he looked down at the waves churning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and he started to sink. He cried, Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down and grabbed his hand. And then he said, Faint heart, what got into you? The two of them climbed into the boat and the wind died down. The disciples in the boat, having watched the whole thing, worshipped Jesus, saying, This is it. You are God's son for sure. On return, they beached the boat at Gennesaret. Where, when the people got wind that he was back, they sent out word through the neighborhood and rounded up all the sick who asked for permission to touch the edge of his coat, and whoever touched him was healed. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this story. Thank you for this insight, this moment that we get to, to peer into the hearts and the minds of of the followers of Jesus as they go through a storm, their storm story. But at the end, they, they were able to see Jesus in a whole new way, and the church, their boat became a church. Jesus, I, I pray that you would open up our hearts to your presence. I pray that you would open up our hearts to your wonder, the, the wonder of who you are, your mastery over the storm. You speak to the storm in it. And it, and it quiets. 
I, I pray that we would see that you are the refuge in the midst of the storm, not our boats, not, not whatever we hold on to for, for safety and security, but you, Jesus, you alone are refuge. I pray especially and specifically right now for anybody who's going through a storm, whether it's a, a racial injustice storm or a financial uncertainty storm, whether it's the loss of a friend or, or, or somebody who died, whatever it might be, Jesus, whatever storm they're going through, external or internal. Jesus, there, there are many people listening who are going through an internal storm. I pray that they would encounter you in the midst of the storm. I pray that their storm would draw you to, draw them to you, not, not, not push them away. And we thank you for the storms that you bring into our lives that, that draw us to you, that, that bring us to a point where we fall to our knees in worship. Thank you, Jesus, that you are, you are a water walker. You, you are the, the savior. You are the stiller of our storms. We, we take a moment just now and surrender ourselves to you anew. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.